this is Sydney and Sierra and this is the Living Within Stigma podcast. Our mission is to cultivate a vulnerable conversation surrounding mental health for people of color. We vow to you and ourselves to be present and authentic. Together, we will create a space of hope. welcome back to living within stigma hey guys welcome back yes so as you guys know this season is all about authenticity and we're talking about what authentic authenticity means for us and for our guests and today we're going to be talking about fears and radical honesty so with us authenticity comes facing fears and being honest with ourselves so that's what this episode is all about yes so to get into it we can just first start off by defining radical honesty. Um, Cause you know, honestly, I feel like it's, it's a popular term, but it's not like one of those terms that's like over popular. Like I'm trying to think of an over popular word. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some of those terms that are just overused. Why am I drawing a blank? Positivities and overused. Yeah, words like that. I yeah. feel like it's, yeah, it's common, but it's not super common, which is why I like the topic. So anyway, so to get into the definition, radical honesty is casually referenced as practicing complete honesty and refraining from telling even white lies. The phrase was trademarked in 1997 as a technique in self-improvement program based on the best-selling book, Radical Honesty by Brad Blanton. When you first told me about radical honesty, it's so weird like we're now that we're talking about it because I had never heard of it until you mentioned it to me like yeah three weeks ago or a month ago however long ago that was and when you first mentioned it I was just like that just sounds bad like to me that sounds like it's trouble like radical honesty like everyone just telling the truth and being radically honest and refraining from I mean I don't condone lying or like I'm not saying that people should do say white lies but just in the terms of Holding, withholding information or not saying everything that comes to mind or being hopefully truthfully honest. In my mind, I was like, that just sounds like a mess. But as you kept explaining it, as you read the definition and you gave an, ex- um, an example, I don't know if you want to share that example. It was something to do with um, like, I think the boss or something. It just made sense to me and kind of like brought kind of this episode together. So that was just my little tidbit and intro to radical honesty, but my first introduction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. I like to hear how people are introduced introduced to it as well because it's something that I was recently introduced to not too long ago from um well first off I think my sister introduced it to me but I'm not sure if that was her first time hearing it but it was an episode on um, Amanda Seals podcast Mm -hmm. and I love her podcast and she was talking about radical honesty on her podcast too and honestly yeah like after reading the definition again like I just love radical honesty I feel like it fits perfectly with this season because it helps you peel back the layers to your most authentic self. To me, through like radical honesty is one of the ways you can do that. 
And yeah. like kind of how you were saying, like I shared an example, like there's so many different examples, but I feel like just from reading the definition, the first thing I thought about was just when it comes to like what, little white lies, a lot of people limit those to like, you know, oh, like just certain things, like usually to other people or, you know, just small situations, whatever. Mm-hmm. But little white lies, it's, it encompasses so much. Like if you, you know, are out with someone and you order this because, you know, of that, or if you, you know, um, if someone asks you like how you're doing and you say you're great and you're really not, that's yeah. a little white lie. I mean, there, you know, it's, it happens so often, like a lot of us lie more than we think. Yeah. And that's why they call them white lies, of course, because it's not like, oh, I'm saying anyone's a pathological liar. Yeah. But you know what I mean? You just get, you grow accustomed to just, you know, oh yeah, I'll just, you know, just letting things yeah. pass by without really examining, you know, how you mm-hmm. feel or, you know, what is really true to you. So. And I feel like also, as I mentioned before, I was thinking it's more so radical honesty to other people like it's just being completely honest about how you feel about somebody and just like just saying all the thoughts in your head but in reality it's actually more so well I mean both sides but more so being honest with yourself so there's three steps or ways to practice radical honesty um the first one is to make a habit of examining every aspect of your life so that's the first step I guess um second is a feeling if something feels wrong or off learn to comfort it rather than ignore it. And I feel like that's something that we've kind of talked about before and kind of like being self-aware and being present in the moment and kind of leaning into those feelings and not just like pushing them off and like trying to like distract yourself or ignore it or, you know, things like that. So I feel like that's another really big key of being honest with yourself. Like if I'm being honest with myself, this made me feel this type of way, you know, even if it's just an internal conversation in your head. And then the last step or way to practice is keep in mind that being honest with yourself takes courage and self-awareness. And I feel like that is, I couldn't agree more with that because I feel like everyone on their self-awareness journey, self-reflection and healing journey, you kind of gain a level of self-awareness and courage and honesty within that process because of all the different things and steps that you're doing to, you know, overcome traumas and overcome, you know, bad habits, et cetera, et cetera. You kind of have to become very honest and blunt with yourself because you can't sugarcoat with yourself. You can't be like, oh, no, I'm fine. You have to really dig deep down into those layers, like you said, to what the real root of the situation or the problem or the issue is. So I couldn't agree with more of those three ways to practice radical honesty. And they're pretty practical. Be honest, like we always say, we try to keep things very practical and not, you know, super difficult to attain. Yeah. And I was just going to say, like, I definitely think if for you, like, this is extremely new to you, like, you know, if you're thinking, like, where do I start? I would definitely say self-awareness is where you should start. Honestly, before doing a lot of different work on yourself, self-awareness is usually step one, as they say. You need to be aware of the problem first. And I feel like self-awareness allows you to, like, spot out, you know, those moments when you're telling you know those different white lies or when you're you know just not being completely true to yourself whether it's what you're doing with your career whether it's you know the the clothes that you choose to wear whether it's you know the music you listen to I mean so many different things that affect so many areas of our lives and I definitely feel like self-awareness is like the first step and then from there it makes it so much easier to like you know, pinpoint different things and like pivot accordingly. So 
And then that's when, you know, you definitely have to, this is really hitting on like the last tip with the courage and self-awareness piece, but like, you know, after being aware, then it does take courage to then step up, you know, and like whatever this, I mean, like we said, there's so many different situations that whatever the situation it is that you're in, um, you have to be courageous, whether it's to yourself or, you know, to another person. Um, and it's not something that's easy, but I feel like it's, it's necessary for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree. So um, the next topic we wanted to talk about regarding this whole thing, well, I guess the next point we wanted to make regarding this topic, we wanted to talk about how radical honesty affects specifically relationships. So like touching on kind of like what Sydney was saying about, you know, her initial um, feelings regarding radical honesty and what that may look like for relationships like that. It definitely is, you know, a point of discussion. So most of the time holding your tongue, taking the time to listen and reacting with empathy to what you heard can be preferable than preferable, preferable, whatever. Then to just say it again. I, mean, I think it's both. I was like, yeah, yeah. that's what I was like. I'm just going to say both and take <laughs> Take which one you prefer. But um, yeah, like that is, it's just a lot more easy on the, well, I don't want to say easy, but it's more, I guess, accept, accepting for someone, you know, opposed to just like being blunt. And so radical honesty is not just like, you know, how it may sound like you have to be like honest about every single thing because it is, it is, that is kind of what it is. But that doesn't mean that you just go up to someone and say, oh, I don't like your hair today. Like, no, yeah. like with the radical honesty comes empathy. It comes respect, you know, different things that need to go into that radical honesty because we are, we're human and we all have feelings and it's important to like protect, you know, some of those tender human you know, characteristics that we have. Yeah. I was thinking even when you said like, it's taking the time to listen, holding your tongue. I don't know where this came from. I don't know where I heard it from, but like they always say you have two ears and one mouth. So mm -hmm. you should like listen more than you speak. And I feel like that's just so true. Like, I don't even know where that came from, but it really is true because honestly, we could hear out of one ear, like God or whoever you believe created humans or whatever you want to, whatever. Like we could have one ear and we would still be able to hear, but we have two ears to like extra echoing, extra listening. So I don't know. I just feel like, like you said, sometimes it's not all about just speaking, speaking. Sometimes you really have to think and digest. And that's something I've been working on. It's just speaking less and listening more and like really think about what your response is and not just sometimes I feel like even in this podcast I just talk to talk I'm just rambling about I mean this is not necessarily radical honesty but just generally but sometimes you just need to like rein it in a little bit and just listen more and that's that's practicing your um your throat chakra we talked about that in the um last season but yeah yeah definitely it's nothing wrong with like it said like holding your tongue and like taking a moment to, if you need to figure out, you know, how you're going to deliver this honesty to this particular person, because also like, you know, we're talking about radical honesty in relationships. So like not just romantic, but any relationships. So I'm assuming if you're in some type of relationship with them, then you should generally know them, you know, as a person and you have to sometimes like adjust it, you know, it's for the, for it to be best received by the person. Yeah. I heard a quote the other day, it was saying, um, 
you can have the best message in the worst delivery. I don't think that was the quote, but that was the point. That makes sense. Your message can be amazing. What you're saying can be great. Like this can really help them grow or this can really help the relationship. But if the delivery is off, even by the slightest bit, then it sometimes it causes the person not to hear it. And sometimes the delivery can be good and they may not receive it. And then from there, it may be time to take a few steps back. But, you know, initially, I think it is our responsibility. If you are, you know, approaching someone with radical honesty, you definitely want to, you know, think about it. Like we said, take time to listen, um, evaluate, you know, who this person is. How do they prefer to communicate? You know, maybe what are some of their triggers, you know? What setting would be best to talk to them in, stuff like that? That was deep, see. I talked like how people want to communicate and like people's triggers keeping that in mind would literally make such a huge difference I've never really thought of I mean I like subconsciously maybe but that is such a really good point that you made like really taking the time especially if you're coming with a radical honesty perspective yeah to keep the other person in mind like and I feel like that's a way that we can use radical honesty for good is that we're not just being honest to be honest but we're actually considering the other person's feelings you know like like you said, that's a encountering, not encountering, encompassing. What is, what is that's not the word? Um, I don't know what the word is, but considering that's the word, considering yeah. people's triggers is something that is like, so not underrated, but like people don't really think about that, but that's such a really big thing because it's, I mean, it's a trigger. We most of, mostly by now we know what triggers are and that means something different for everyone, obviously, but yeah I think that's a really big point to kind of use our radical honesty for good is using that empathy and consideration towards other people yeah and I just wanted to say like overall like you know we're of course we're saying to like make sure you factor in empathy and like you were saying sending consideration like all these things are great factor that into the equation you know when you're approaching someone with honest communication But at the same time, let it be a healthy balance. Like still don't let the honesty slip by the wayside because the truth hurts. We all know that is a quote, like a very common, that is definitely an overused saying, but it's true. Like some truths hurt and some truths are truth because of something they did. So it's like, if especially if they kind of hurt your feelings and now you have to express that or, you know, whatever yeah the situation may be it may not always be a cute way to say it so try your best you know to be empathetic um you know to say it in a way that you know you feel they will be able to accept it and you know know that you're coming from a good place but also like don't be over considerate to the point where we're not even being radically honest we're just trying to appease them and you know for sure Sometimes you do have to kind of rip the bandaid off. And then after you rip the bandaid off, I feel like you can sometimes go back and help them heal the wound however you can. Yeah. But sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta just be honest. So, yeah. And I feel like one of the fears that is incorporated with all of this is the fear of people's response to our honesty. Yeah. I feel like that's a big point. We t- I talked about that with Lucy in our holistic healing episode of like when we're talking about the throat chakra and how you want to just speak and express yourself but at the same time. You're always, well, I'll speak for myself, always 
thinking about well, how is this going to be received or how are they going to feel I don't want to make this person mad I don't want to whatever you're always constantly thinking about the response to your honesty so sometimes you just might not say anything at all or sometimes you might you know that's like that's another component of fear of people's response to your honesty mm. yeah another fear that I feel like is encompassed with this topic is fear of expressing yourself and sharing your personality and the things that you like because you don't want people, I'll speak for myself, people wanting to know our visions or be able to replicate it or copy it. And that's something that I've been, well, I guess, yeah, I guess I don't say struggling with, but been conscious of, I guess, is like not wanting to share my full authentic self because of fear of like, people being able to replicate it or copy it or I don't know but I started to realize that nobody can do you like you nobody can do me like me if someone enjoys something else and I enjoy at the same time it shouldn't affect I had to start thinking why does it bother me that someone else enjoys the same thing that I enjoy you know right so I was like it's their life it's not my life and we all want to uniquely be ourselves which makes sense we want to have things that only we have and be exclusive and things like that but I have to start changing my mindset because who cares like if it makes someone else happy and it makes me happy it literally doesn't matter so that and that reminds me another quote we're saying a lot of quotes this episode but mm-hmm. yeah. of, from Jada our last episode and she was saying not letting her external factors affect her internal factors and that was in a different context but even still reminds me of this situation in that letting other people's perceptions of me or my even my perception of me even I feel like kind of a bit of a bringing in a bit of an ego part into this like okay so the definition of ego let me bring it up a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance so it's kind of like how you feel about yourself and how you want others to feel about you so we're always like kind of fueling our ego and how we express ourselves authentically but then at the same time not wanting other people to be able to have similar things or do the, the same things or have the same things. Um, so yeah, another, sorry, this is, I keep saying another quote, but this is the last quote for me guys from this episode. But another quote that I found on the internet was, real selves are not ideas. You are who you are, regardless of what you think about you or what others think about you, you are you. You are the thing above the idea, the thing bigger than a perception. And I feel like that just speaks to like ego and having this concept of ourselves or how we want to be perceived, how we want others to perceive us and our the ego, but we think of ourselves, the highest part of ourselves. but we have to like not, well, I'll speak again to myself. I have to not let what my perception of other people think of me to, you know, not feel my ego so much and kind of just be my, authentically myself, be radically honest with myself and be who I want to be because it's me, not because of anybody else, if that makes sense. I feel like that was a long rant, but that's all I have to say on that. <laughs> what, what do you think about it, Sierra? Yeah, I completely agree with what you said, especially the quote, your ego is just not necessarily, you know, your authentic self. So I guess I feel like it really, like, I don't want to say too, too much more because I feel like it'll go into a totally different, you know, direction. But like, I definitely think that could be like a whole episode. Like, how do you shrink the ego? Because you know, I think that it is hard because it becomes like, you know, like a a voice or it becomes like a, a go-to almost, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And kind of like how you were saying, like, sometimes you can't even identify like, why do I feel this way? Like, why, you know? 
and then a lot of times it you can trace it back to like your ego and um it becomes like subconscious which it can be scary you know yeah so I'll just say we need to put that on the list maybe like a full episode on that because yeah because I think the ego is such like that could even be a season like excuse me guys for the tangent but (laughs) that could be a season like literally like ego just I feel like it's it 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 encompasses a lot and it controls so much of our day-to-day more than we think and realize yeah I agree we should definitely write it down for upcoming stay tuned (laughs) But um, yeah, so just like a slight segue, um, you all know that our podcast, like specifically, like we started this podcast because we wanted to spread awareness and have conversation, normal conversations surrounding mental health specifically. Um, And fears in mental health can be, you know, an interesting combination. Because when you think about, you know, different mental health disorders, such as PTSD or even anxiety, fear can be one of those things that is very present. I guess you would say it's like a, um, you know, like a side effect almost for a lot of people. Um, And our fears really do contribute to some of those mental health issues or just you know, not including disorders aside, even if you, you know, may not have a specific mental health diagnosis that, you know, has some element of fear, regardless, just, you know, in terms of keeping your mind healthy, I think fears can definitely like sometimes place a dark cloud, you know, in your head. Um, And I think they can definitely be extremely like debilitating almost to the point where, it can overpower, you know, your authentic self in terms of how you're able to like show up and like navigate your day-to-day life. Um, And it can definitely be destructive. And so we wanted to talk about um, coping with fears in a positive way and like how to feel, I guess, more flexible with your fears. That's the word I just keep thinking of because when I think of like how I was saying like, how fears can be so debilitating. Like, I just hate, I hate that word because it's, it's so real that something that like we were saying, it can just be an idea. It may not even be real can literally cause you to, to like not be able to function and show up to be your truest self. And so it is indeed can be extremely debilitating. And I think that, um, we can be more flexible with our fears, um, with coping strategies. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I've, that's something I've recently learned even about myself personally. Like, like we think of fears, like small things, like, oh, spiders, I'm scared. Like when you release, like, like you said, on in, your, in the process of your self-awareness and your healing journey and all of that, you really become more self-aware. And like, I've been finding out, like my fears have become very deep rooted and triggering almost. Like if I hear something or like, it's like you said, Sierra, it's, it's very scary that it has, fears can have so much control over ourselves and this is okay this is a small tangent I'll try to keep it short so basically one of the characters in the show her body remembered she was um adopted when she was really like a baby and her body remembered 
they were saying in her therapy session, her body remembered being left, even though she had no physical memory of that, her body remembered that. So now in her adult life, her fear is being left. And she didn't even have a real, of course she knows that she was adopted in that whatever, but the physical fear they were saying, one of the things that triggered her was somebody pulled their hand away when she went to shake their hand or something along those lines. And it was such a small moment, but it was so big in her mind and she had no idea why it felt so stupid to her because she was like, why do I care that somebody pulled their hand away? But her therapist was saying was because her body remembered it would bring that, brought that same feeling back of being left or being forgotten or whatever. And that was her fear, whatever. All that to say, our bodies are very smart and intelligent and they can literally small things that we don't even have control over, like fears like that can really be debilitating and have such a giant effect on our mental health, our authenticity, et cetera. So that's my little tidbit. I hope I kept it brief enough, (laughs) Um, but yes. Yeah, I'm actually really glad you shared that because that honestly was, that was great because it really touched on like, even like our last season talking about trauma because that is trauma for one. Yeah. And then I'm just thinking about like how, like that's so interesting in terms of like how we show up in our different relationships, you know, sometimes, you know, all fears considered yeah, and how that sometimes can cause us to like place ourselves in destructive situations or even cause us to choose certain partners or, you know, like just how controlled we are by, you know, unaddressed fears, unaddressed trauma. So once again, therapy plug. Yes. Therapist, because you can definitely like do the work of even identifying some of those things. Like she would have, she didn't know, you know? And it's so much stuff that's subliminal and unconscious that you don't even think about. And it affects so much of your future life. And going to therapy really just allows you to like be able to not bring that into your future friendships, relationships, families. Right. But if you have no idea of it, you have not even aware of it, you have no clue that you're going to be bringing that into the future with you. So yeah. So the fears are invisible. Remember that. Exactly. But to get back to what we were talking about is how to cope. cope. I mean, it was a good segue though. That was a good tangent. We usually go off on tangents, but that was a good one. Yeah. But to bring it back, um, we were talking about Um, how we can help ourselves cope with our fears and move beyond feeling paralyzed by them. So we have a few lists of them written down. Some of them include calming affirmations. I feel like that kind of goes into guided meditations because usually they are have affirmations in them, which I really find work and just even having things around you of affirmations, Um, breathing exercises, energy healing techniques, list of the things we feel grateful for. and call someone we trust to help us talk through our fears, which I think is really helpful. Talking talking it out with someone is an underrated, like, feel better technique, I guess. I don't know if that's the right term, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just keep in mind that, you know, all of these coping strategies, really, if you think about them, they all have the, the common denominator of just kind of putting you at ease, calming you down. And the calmer we can stay, the more we can soothe ourselves whenever we're feeling paralyzed by fear, um, the more we can find ways to move through our fear, like I was saying, to be flexible with your fear rather than remaining stuck in it and controlled by it. 
So just try to be flexible with your fear. Try some new things in terms of some of the coping strategies that we shared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like we said, like, I think the biggest piece, I guess we can just like wrap it, wrap it up, because right? this is really the end of the episode um, in terms of our points. So I guess we can like both, if it's cool with you, Cindy, we could just share like our closing messages, like what the kind of, you know, like if you don't take anything from this episode, take this, that type of thing. Okay, well, I'll go ahead, go ahead. No, you could go first, you can go. Okay, so um, I would say self-awareness, tap in, compassion, tap in. Yeah. Courage, tap in. And also therapy, tap in. That's my last tap in. (laughs) Also, I would just say to um, use the coping strategies that we shared, the affirmations, the breathing exercises. We did a a breathing exercise. We did a guided meditation before we filmed this episode. Those type of things really work. Energy healing techniques. We have an episode talking about chakras and Ricky. Go back and listen to that yeah um and then listing out things you're grateful for and calling someone leaning on your tribe leaning on your friends and you know your friends and family um those that would definitely be what I would want to leave you guys with because I don't know I just feel like a lot of coping strategies can be overlooked you know like uh it's just like you know something your therapist is saying but these things really work and once you try them for yourself I think you'll feel and see that. And maybe not everyone will work for you, but one of them I'm yeah. sure will help you be more flexible with your fear. So that's what I would leave you with. And I'm what I'm gonna leave you guys with is I just thought of another coping strategy for fears, for anxiety, for really everything mental health wise that I just thought of that I have been doing recently. And they're called subliminals on YouTube. It's basically a guided meditation, but it's affirm okay, how do I explain this correctly? Okay, so basically it's affirmations that have been recorded in different frequencies. So you can't hear them. It just sounds like it's just binaural, subliminal, binaural beats and isochronic tones. If you know anything about frequencies, basically it's affirmations and they have them up for all different things, for anxiety, for health, for everything. And basically when you're sleeping, you listen to when you sleep and you can't hear any of the affirmations, but your mind subconsciously can hear it and understand it. It takes it in. And there's a whole brain study, the amygdala, or I don't know, parts of the brain, but basically it's affirmations that you sleep to. And as you know, the things that you constantly put put around yourself and you take into your brain is what you're going to put out. So that's something that I've been doing. I've been doing, I go to sleep to them most nights. Um, it's just calming music, but of course it has the um, affirmations subliminally put into the thing I have it's kind of scary because you know you don't really know it could be anything but it's a very reputable YouTube I'll link it in the show notes they're called Minds in Unison on um, YouTube there's a bunch of different other accounts but that's just the one I trust most because of the explanation and the kind of the credits they have but um, yeah that's something that I do and I think that it's great for overcoming fears they even have ones for like getting off your phone trying to be more healthy like it's not just mental health they have things for all kinds of stop smoking things like that they have affirmations for everything so wow. that's another thing that I do that I find really helpful and um yeah that's my little takeaway I guess from even though I didn't mention it in the episode it's still my takeaway for this episode yeah 
Awesome. So thank you guys so much for listening. Yes. And I hope that you guys took something from this episode for sure. Make sure you guys leave us a rating or and a review and a like and a follow. Exactly. Because, you know, we're we're growing. We really are. Yeah. And we see you and we appreciate it so much. Like definitely tap into our Instagram, living within stigma. I think our engagement is good, but I need some more ratings and reviews on the pod because like, seriously, I mean, not even like all aside in terms of like push, like helping the channel, like not the channel, helping the page, the podcast page to grow. But more than that, like, I really want to just know like how it's impacting some of you or, you know, what you like, what you don't like, let us know. Exactly. You know, act accordingly. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a good rest of your day, evening, morning. And thank you for joining our space of hope. Yes. Bye, Bye guys. guys.